Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On March the 22nd, 2015, from Coolidge, Arizona. Welcome everyone aboard. We're in the book of Acts in this series. Uh, we're in uh, chapter 2 of this book, and uh, sometimes I'm, I've notified after the class that people have questions. Um, usually I don't see those in time to respond to them, but we do invite them. Uh, there may be other ways that you can communicate with us. And uh, But anyway, we appreciate any response <coughs> that you may have. We're, we're studying now, approaching, that of all things God has done, this is the greatest. He is making the, the promise that he began with back in Genesis is now is going to be fulfilled right now in, in this chapter. It's going to open the door so that all nations can be blessed in Abraham. Nothing like this has ever been done before or since. And we ought to look at it as the most critical point in any history of all history. The, uh, the day of Pentecost. Everything changes on the day of Pentecost. It's consummated with the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. But this is the, this is the foundation where everything begins to come into fruition of the promises of God. <clears throat> Christ's death on the cross uh, dealt with the sin issue. And, and now we're getting the issues that opened the door to what it was that God had in mind once the sin debt had been paid. Now uh, we're seeing that there is the fulfillment of his promise that in Abraham a place that we can be a part of voluntarily and in that place, we can receive every promise that God has for us. It's not made outside of the place. There is no forgiveness outside of the consequences of what happens in chapter 2. There is no hope. So what we have here is something be, becoming established wherein all of us, by our choice, can move into. And when we're there which is where the love of God is, then uh, we become a participant in God's promises. That's the gospel in a nutshell. <clears throat> That's the thing that people need to hear over and over and over again. Chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, well into it, uh, they, they were all, and they is referring to the whom? The 12 that referred to in the previous verse, remember the chapter headings are not divinely inspired. This is just a continuation of uh, uh, 
literature here of, of, of history that Luke's writing. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, the apostles, the twelve, after they had uh, uh, chosen Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles, making a total of twelve, they were all in one accord in one place, all thinking alike. Verse 2, and now we've already discussed this verse, so we move on. Verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound. Now I want that to soak in. Uh, There came a sound. Think in terms of a sound. And then the sound um, um, came out of heaven. Then it's, then it's described. What's the sound like? A, a mighty, powerful, rushing wind. And by the way, if you look at that word wind in the Greek, uh, we'll just take a moment there. I want you to look at that word. Well, we're going to find out. Um, don't like to get too far ahead of myself here. All right, it's, uh, all right. It, uh, the word for wind is the word uh, nuanes, which is our word pneumatos, which is the word for spirit, uh, breath or wind. It comes from the same word. So he could have translated this the way he does other verses and, and, uh, and said, and there came a rushing mighty spirit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he could, he, he could have, but it, that's right. Um, but it's just a rushing, mighty wind, uh, a, a wind of force, a um, a breeze that is carrying with it something, and that's really the definition of the word spirit. And it, the the sound, the sound. You got to keep in mind the sound filled all the house where they were sitting. David. Yes. Now this this passage, you know, you you think there's going to there's a big rushing wind in the room, and there's evidently no wind at all. It just sounds like a rushing wind. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's why I emphasize the word sound. Yeah. And that's the that's the subject here. And, and Dave, that's what we looked at last week, and it's uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Echoes, the loud, mm-hmm. uncertain, a report. Yeah. Okay. And Dan added a no, verse I mean. that I you know I didn't get it, but that the verse that he added last week was uh, twenty-one twenty-five. Twenty-one was it Luke? I, I believe so. Well, I let's believe. look at that real quick. Luke twenty-one, what? Twenty-five. Luke twenty-one. Twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I have written down here. Well, we'll see real quick. Twenty-one and verse twenty-five. Okay. Here is translated. That's a good one that he he gave to us, and one that I d- didn't remember. 
There will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring. So there, Mike, you have another word. This is, it's the same Greek word precisely as we have here. Um, that is um, the, the roaring. So it's not just a sound, but it, it is a roaring, a roaring sound. So we've, we've got to keep that, folks, we've got to keep that in focus here as we go through here. Uh, I'll try to draw your attention back to it because with that in mind, the people who are promoting the result of Acts chapter 2, that is the speaking in tongues factor, which is just one of the factors here, and they're, they're using this as their means of uh, trying to introduce tongue speaking to the church today called the charismatic movement. But in order for it to be similar in any way to what Acts 2 is talking about, first of all, there has to be the sound. So where's that in what they're telling us about today? It's always short, the sound, the roaring sound. <clears throat> violent? Yeah. So where's the violent sound? Uh, it would have to be there. Uh, and would, they'd all have to hear it. When the you know disciples were gathered, yeah, it, that's what it says, and they and and it filled all the house. The sound filled the house. So I, I, we've got to keep focus now on on the sound because folks, if if they don't have the sound. Let's not add something else that comes out of what the sound produced. you got to have the sound. And if it doesn't have the sound, there's something fishy about it. All right. <clears throat> it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them. So now you have not only sound, but you have sight. There appeared unto them cloven tongues doesn't say they were fire but it says it was as a fire in other words the way that fire has flames and uh, tongues you know if you're burning flickering. flickering if you if you have a fire in your fireplace and you have a log in there burning why it's got the flickering tongues. He said, it's not a fire, but what they saw were these flickerings. So there is no one today who talks about the charismatic movement and uses Acts chapter 2 as a means of their justification for continuing that practice have in their midst those two criteria, sound and appearance. Well, 
absurd as you know being involved in the Zen. And the well, that's that's right. That's the big issue, and and it, it appeared unto them. Wrong because it's uh, you know I, I don't quite have the chemistry down. I can't put it in like the proper terms, perhaps. But isn't fire like fire coming from wood? That's a release of energy. It's a, it's a form of energy sure. releasing, and that may be why it was described like this because it was an energy. It was a uh, and, and very likely was. Um, yeah, it, it seems, seems so. It's a simile, you know, it's a simile as like as fire, and that certainly is is the um, fire is a chemical alteration from matter to gas, and this creates energy or consumes energy, or it's a change of the energy force. Well, we've read a lot of what Dr. Luke has written through the years, and he's a very descriptive writer. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, I mean, a very obviously extremely literate, in his descriptions. And I think that's um, a good point. So we have the cloven tongues. And by the way, the word for tongue is the word... um, uh, how, How many of you know what a glossary is? Know what a glossary is? Mm-hmm. What is a glossary? Glossary of terms. Glossary of terms. It's a book, a compilation of. of but doing, but dealing with what? Words. Definition of words. A glossary. Definition of words. Well, folks, that's the word that's used here every time. It means language. It's defining language. The word is uh, glossary. And it's translated tongues. If they would have translated it language or words, it would have been more accurate. So these, these, um, this language is what it really was that appeared to them, and it was visible. The language was visible. The glossary was visible to these people. They had the sound, and they had the sight, neither of which appears to anybody today. Under any circumstances, anyone even claim it, but without those two things, they cannot be a part of the them. And it's just, it's fake. It's as phony as can be if you don't have the sound and the language that is visible. A visible cloven language. And was there like fire, and it sat, it sat upon each of them. Each of them, and the them, Alex, is referring to the 11 or 12 now. As of um, verse, oh, Mike had a comment. Uh, A question now: Are we saying this was also visible to the bystanders there besides the twelve? I think so. Okay, I was just going to say this also could be 
defined as uh, if you ever seen the Peter Pan movie, you might say you, you might be since Peter Pan wasn't in those days. <laughs> it could be like Tinkerbell, you know how how she buzzed around the room in the movies and stuff. You know, I mean, it could be uh, not to, actually not trying to be funny here, <laughs> but serious that that uh, you know that's the only way they could describe it. You know, and and uh, uh, so it could be it could be just about any type of effect that you might imagine. You know, but it's it's that power that managed to get upon them. And so so yeah, if that was uh, uh, visible to everybody, yeah, it could be just about any type of uh, uh, thing that might be visible. Yeah, and Mike, I, I'm suggesting that as a possibility. We know specifically uh, that it's talking about the apostles. Yeah. But so they, there well. were there were other folks in the room, and I'm I'm. It's an assumption on my part to say that they all were witnesses of this, but I believe they were because they were all witnesses of the of the results of what happens here in the next few verses. Yeah. So I think that yes, I I would, I think that's the way it was. But oh, yeah, and then a miracle has to has to have a revelation, has to have a purpose, has to have a point. Yep, that's right, Alex. I don't know if you can hear what Alex is saying, but uh, he said this is uh, this is indeed a miracle, and that's um, supernatural. And that's right. And then he says there has to be a purpose for a miracle, and the purpose here, of course, is the introduction of the Lord's kingdom. And, David? Uh, yes. Do you, was uh, Luke there at the time? I Do think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly I, I, what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that Luke was... Uh, uh, throughout the book of Acts, we have uh, Luke uh, uh, oftentimes putting himself in it by the use of we, and um, here he is. He's focused on Jackie. Good to hear from you, Jackie. Um, Thanks. Good to hear you too. I didn't know. I did not know that you were still in the land of the living. Oh yeah. Oh well, the sun set, and I thought maybe you had set with it. Just barely, yeah. And I don't know whether or not you can all see here, but uh, this is Kay's last day. Uh, she's going back to, um, um, I think, Thailand. <laughs> and uh, Kansas, I think. She's going back to Kansas, going to sell a farm. And uh, she's hoping to be back with us sometime next year. Uh, well, in, I mean, later this year, I mean, right? October and or November. We're going to miss Kay. She's been a real spark plug. Um I'm not sure what brand, but nevertheless, a good spark plug. Anyway, <clears throat> and uh, Dan and Sharon are gone today. They're up in Oregon. Uh, they may not be there yet. I uh, don't know about that. I tried to find out last night, but I didn't get a response. Uh, Merwin and Nancy, I'm not sure where they are today. Um, that may affect... No, you already have taken his place for today. So, okay. <clears throat> All right. 
right there, see? And 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 again, um, they have a different uh, preposition to begin with and a different ending, but it's the same word. So it has the same meaning, but the meaning has to be adjusted as to is it a verb, um, you know, what case is it, uh, what person is it, this is a third person singular. It, it filled uh, here. And so the idea here is that the sound of the wind filled all the house. in verse 2, and now it fills, that, that means that it is something that is proportionate because if it was, if I fill a jar, this has the idea of being filled completely. The same as in verse 1, the same as in verse 2, and the same in verse 4. It means it was whatever he's talking about is completed, it's completed. It's completely filled up. It's not. It's not a question half full or half empty. It was what? Completely filled. We have already discussed in chapter one that they were going to be baptized. How? In, in, in spirit. Now they were baptized in spirit, and they were all. Filled spirit, and we would we could say that they were all filled in spirit with what? With the Holy Spirit. It's genitive. There is no with there, but it does make sense if you realize what the promise in chapter one was that they were as John baptized in water. Here they were going to be baptized in spirit, meaning their spirit were going to be filled with and done so miraculously with the spirit of God. Every time God begins a kingdom, he always begins each kingdom miraculously. When God created the plant kingdom, what part of the plant did he create? The whole mature plant. And how is it defined in the scriptures? Initially in Genesis 1 and 2. But so, so complete that it was already bearing seed. Yeah. It was, it was ready to it reproduce. It was ready to reproduce. Itself. So that God did it once and went away to something else. And then the system was in place. And in that system, there is lots of randomness involved that there could, you know, you can mutate it and all the different kinds. You know, in, in Oregon, we have, a, we have the or, little orchid, orchid plant. The wild orchid. I mean, the true wild original orchid. It's just, it has a stem about, about this long and has a little grouping of white, pure white flowers. Of course, white is the composite of all the colors. And it has a beautiful um, I forget what they call it now, but the little leaves around the base they grow flat to the ground. It's like a, a watermelon with stripes, you know that color? Dark and the light stripes, light green. 
and there's just a series of little leaves coming out, and they're hard to find, and people dig them up because you can go into them and, uh, you know, you can mutate those seeds, and from those mutations you can get all the beautiful orchids that there are today. They all come from this little tiny dude. And so when we find them, you know, we, every year I go up there, I always look to see if there are still orchids left. Are there? Oh, there always are, oh. yeah. But you can see where they've dug them up. Yeah. Pick them up, take them home, they die. <laughs> well, they probably have, people who know that are probably very careful about what they do because there's a lot of wealth involved. And... Uh, but the but all of that was a part of the original creation, and they were all, so all of those things are possible, and randomness affects all of it. But God had a system, and within that system, there's room for a great deal of random activity. So the first in the plant kingdom, the first plant was created. It didn't come through the process, did it? No. It came through by direct, miraculous action of God. There was no plant, and then there was a plant, and that plant was ready and ready to reproduce. And you think about it, it couldn't have been any other way. There's absolutely no science that justifies any other thing than what scriptures teach. What you say is that you finally solved the riddle of what came first, the chicken or the egg. That's right. And then you come to the plant, the, the animal kingdom, and, uh, you know, what did God create first, the blood or the vein to carry it? He created, and, and, you know, um, um, did he create a heart or... You know, what came first? Well, Nolan, the issue is that the first animal of the animal kingdom, the first animal of every species or kind, was created full-grown, capable of immediately reproducing. Mm-hmm. It was a holistic creature, actually. What was that? Holistic. Holistic. That's right, holistic. the whole thing. The whole thing. Western medicine. Uh, we fragment it all down. But you think about it, true science always agrees with the scriptures. Pseudoscience has found many ways to try to undermine the scripture, but it is all flawed. The scriptures are true. The Creator has provided us with that record. It is a true record. And when we think about it seriously, it could not have been any other way. So the plant kingdom began how? Full-grown, fully matured. Ready to reproduce itself. And that was the proof of the pudding. Mm -hmm. The first animal, including, you know, of every species and kind, Mm -hmm. was was created full-grown. Fully mature, ready, and able to reproduce after its kind. And it's been doing that ever since. There's no crossing of a species. What happens when you cross a donkey or a, a donkey with a horse? You get a mule. You get a mule. But mules cannot produce baby mules. It can produce eggs. Oh, it can produce eggs. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I I do. But I yeah. I, every time I go into the pit store, I ask if they have any mule eggs in. Um, but so the the point is that the um, the three kingdoms that God is involved in the the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom and now the spiritual kingdom, then you would expect the spiritual kingdom to take on the same dimensions as the plant and animal kingdom and that the participants of the new kingdom would all be created how? Fully mature. Fully mature, uh, fully formed, and then ready with their message and with the seed of the gospel ready and willing to reproduce themselves. Well, this is what happens in Acts 2 is the record of that miracle of the apostles being created, full-grown Christians. That's why they were not baptized. Baptized is for those who are the result of the process. But the kingdom began miraculously. And to say that the apostles had to be immersed in water as we are is to say there was something faulty with the creation. Wait, David, that's so huge. (laughs) What's going on here? These these guys going into this room, you know, back to verse 1, when they go into the room, they think they might be knowing something. And by the time we get to verse 4, they found out they didn't know anything, and all of a sudden, the whole world opens up. You know what I mean? It's just, bang, there's amazing, amazing stuff going on here. Oh, Mike, you've you've pinpointed it. There is no event in history comparable to this event with its consequences or results. Well, and then like like I'll use the word that uh, I think Nolan likes to use. So so if you go into this verse and try to bastardize it, you know, and, and claim this applies to people today, you just totally destroyed the whole kingdom. Sure you do. Yeah, um, that's a beautiful point, and we we need to understand what's happening and why Luke is giving it to us. And it is so simple, folks, if you just pay attention, as Alex says, to the text. Just pay attention to what is really being said and not try to force force what you think into it, but just what does it say? It's just so clear, so simple, that the apostles received the fulfillment of the promise in chapter 1, and their spirit, and by the way, was fully filled with the Spirit of God, which is who God is, and when they received that, remember our study in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? What was the result to them? Now then, because it is through our spirit that we evaluate our thinking, now that they have a fullness, not just partial, 
not just fragmentary, but all of the nature of God and his thinking within their spirit, now they had access to what? To the spirit, to the mind and the thinking of God. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We spent a couple, three weeks on 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Question, uh, I'm not a scientist, but uh, do you feel that a plant can mutate, mutate after it's been created? Oh, yeah. It can't mutate before. A plant can mutate. And a mutation is always taking away some restriction within the seed, either of an animal or a plant, uh, that allows other seeds, uh, I mean, other parts, any ge- any other part of the ge- uh, genetic code or the chromosome to to expand because a mutation is simply taking away a natural restriction. That's why all of the original stock of the organs are what color? White. White. That contains all of the... Co- white is the containment of all all possible colors. So in mutation, you restrict certain colors, and then what, as a result, is it throws the balance and the strength to another color, and you can, you can manipulate that scientifically in the lab. So the same thing is true with wheat. Um, if you raise wheat, uh, they, they mutate wheat. Of course, now it has become so mutated, you have to worry about gluten. See, we have mutated it to where we don't have the original stock, because we, what, what have we done in our mutations? We've tried to, to make it stronger to resist disease. So we have restricted certain elements of that, uh, of that seed, of the uh, genetic pool in that seed. Then uh, that creates a new set of problems, and we like to get it to grow faster in certain growing seasons. So then we have to mutate other things that are more resistant so that it grows evenly. Now, now we restrict that and so it grows more rapidly in certain areas. You have hard wheat. You now have soft wheat. You have white wheat. Uh, what wheat does your farm? I don't know. What, which, you don't know whether it's red mm-hmm. or white? Mm-hmm. I don't. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, mutation takes place after... Um, I mean, any of us, if our if our cells have not been completely mutated, and they they have, you know, we could mutate uh, even with people. You can mutate seed, and you get big, strong people or little, tiny, weak people. You can control all of that. That's you know, the Bible is kind of we ought not be doing that with people. I'm not sure we ought to be doing that with anything, but you know, really. But we do, and we certainly benefit from it in some ways. The farmer specifically benefits from it. Um, so, yeah, that's a good question. You, you want more on that? No, that's enough. That's enough? That's, that's enough. Okay. It <laughs> tells a lot. It tells a lot in that. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, folks, our time is up. Now, just in summary, when they were all filled, spirit, 
and very likely, you know, they were they were all filled, filled, complete. It's miraculous, folks. We are filled in our spirits with what? The word is the modus operandi. The word is the process that God uses that through the apostles, their word, their verification and certification of the canon, as we embrace that into our lives, our spirit becomes filled. And that's the term that's used, the idea is in in Hebrews 12, 23. The spirits of just men made perfect. The word perfect comes from this word filled. Or mature. mature. So, let me finish that verse, uh, then we'll we'll just finish reading it. And, And they, the apostles, were all mature, completely filled with spirit that was a what kind of spirit? Holy, holy is genitive. It's an it's an ad, it's an adjective. It's describing the spirit, folks. See, Alex brought it up. Sure enough, it's an adjective. It's it's describing the spirit that they were filled with, and they began to speak in response of that spirit, it gave to them something to say. It gave to them a language. And they began to speak with other languages. It's the word glossary again. Glossary. David? Yes. I think that's the most important part is that there was a purpose they were filled with the Holy Spirit for a certain specific purpose. Absolutely. And then, Dave, another thing that's coming across my head here is that if this applies to just anybody, like the charismatic movement is trying to say, there is absolutely no reason for charismatic big mega churches or any church at all because we do not need to be taught. We just get it. That's there's, right, Mike. There's no need for Scripture. The scripture no. is irrelevant. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, a lot of them even claim that, that they, they, have this, uh, this, they have this connection with God to where he is speaking to them. Oh, yeah. They, they, we, we don't need a, we don't need a, the assembly. We don't need to learn. We don't need what the apostles had, uh, or what they taught, or what they provided for us, or their certification of the canon. We don't need that. God, God speaks to us directly. Yeah, that, that just totally just. <laughs> yep, you got it. Now, um, was there another comment there I missed? No, no. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes the sounds come through a little bit slow, and I, I don't always pick up on it. Well, folks, our time is gone. We're over time. And, um, but you can see how vital this situation is. 
absolutely vital to how we think about what it was that the apostles did. And But we need to really remember how it began, what's taking place, how succinct Dr. Luke is in his reporting of this event, and that what, a, what happened to the apostles was accompanied by two things that no one claims accompanies them today, and that's sound and sight. Those two things are always missing. So, folks, it's been a good day. Uh, if you have questions, I wish there was some way that I could find out more about them. But um, you can go to the, yeah, the best thing, uh, that was a good suggestion. Go to the website, and you can make a connection through the website, and that's um, coolidgecc.org. Coolidgecc.org. That's, oh, is that, oh, for email, oh. Okay, Greg, say that again. The um, email is coolidgecc at coolidgecc.org, and then the website is just coolidgecc.org. Okay. Thank you, folks. Let's pray. May our spirits be prepared to accept the impact of what takes place in our study. In Jesus' name, amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.